I'm a narrow cat, no wide flows. African descent, that's why I got the wide nose. With my kinky hair and black skin, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's in the image of a god that is beautiful and whose infinite word is immutable. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of HBCU. We are healing brown communities unconditionally. Remember, folks, we are on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. You can also listen to us on divemedia.co. That is divemedia.co. You are here today with your host, Akima. Peace and love, people. This is Mikhail Haleem. Hey, and listen, don't forget to follow Mikhail and I on social media. You can catch me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. And you can catch me at Mikhail Haleem Wellness. That is one word. No spaces on Facebook and Instagram. Almost forgot there for a second. <laughs> Hold on, so so we don't we don't have you on TikTok yet. You know, TikTok Clubhouse. Look, I'm not gonna be the old man on here. You're not gonna do that to me this evening. So we can go ahead and transition. <laughs> you see how he just shut me down. He just shut me down. Listen, so for anyone listening to this episode, um, this is our first episode of 2021. So I'm gonna go ahead and just date us right now. And it is no problem. We are so excited to have, we haven't quite hit a year with the HBCU podcast, but I see that play a play in the, uh, in the distance. And so we are super excited, but thank you to each one of you all who have been listening to us and welcome to 2021. It came in like a lion. Macabre, before we get into our subject today, what's going on with you in 2021? Well, you know, I'm looking to grow financially, spiritually, emotionally. Um, So I'm really not looking to be as verbal. And that's just not, of course, you know, I'm talking on the podcast, so I'm not speaking in this context. But just in different areas of my life, I would like to listen and learn a lot more this year. How about yourself? That's absolutely beautiful. I'm like all distracted. I'm trying to take a picture of me and Mikhail. So for y'all who don't know, we record because we're in, it's COVID, right? I guess they say we can't be in the same space at the same time all the time. And so we're recording on Zoom. I'm trying to take a picture to maybe plug on social media, but I don't know if it's going to work, but we'll see how it looks. Anyhow, in 2021, what's going on with me? I um, I have, think I have some similar goals. I think I, what I would add to... Um, add to your list would definitely be continuing to maintain um, my physical, mental, and emotional health. Um, All three of those things are uber important for the vitality and the abundant life that I know that I'm living and I want to continue to live. Um, I want to continue to have a thriving marriage with my husband. And so that's also something that I will throw out there to see, um, not throw out there, (laughs) not throwing anything out there. That's something else that I want to endeavor and be very intentional um, towards. And yeah, I want my business to continue to grow. Um, you guys listening to the HBCU podcast, both Mikhail and I run Black-owned businesses, and we will. I will be plugging mine tonight because um, our topic is pretty. Uh, it's a pretty messy topic. It's pretty and- loaded, you guys. <laughs> it's loaded. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting started already. I apologize. Oh I apologize. no, it was so perfect. It's so perfect. So we thought with starting off um, for this new year, a lot of times people have like, you know, new year, new me. I got goals. We got vision board parties going on and some more stuff. Well, we would like to encourage you to add this to your vision board for 2021. And today we're going to be actually talking about poop, poop, feces, fecal matter, 
however you want to talk Mr. about Mr. Hanky, whether you watch South Park, you guys know what we're talking about here. Absolutely. So our friends over at, well, they're not my friends, but the people over at UMass.edu, they can be our friend and they can sponsor this podcast if they like, um, gave a really good definition for uh, poop or feces. It's mostly made of water, about 75%. You guys put a pin in that water thing. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. The rest is made up of dead bacteria that's helped us to digest our food. It's also living bacteria, it's protein, even undigested food residue, which is also known as fiber. It's waste material from food, cellular linings, fats, salts, and substances released from the intestine, such as mucus and things that are coming from your liver. So thank you again over, that's a definition from umass.edu. That's our definition on poop. That's the one that we're going to use for tonight. I want to talk about that water one really quickly because I don't think people realize how much water is used to move feces through your digestive tract, through your large intestine. And your bodies have been created so smartly that not only is it using water to move it and to help your body have the bowel movement, but your body will also retain a certain portion of that water. So whatever it realizes that it needs to use in order to push the feces out, it'll also say, hey, we don't need to use all of that. And it will retain some for that next, hopefully, upcoming and close together bowel movement. And yes, we're going to talk about frequency in bowel movements in a moment, but Drink your water. Just drink some more water, guys. So uh, one thing that came of that has been popping off, so to speak, in the last, I would say, several years on social media platforms. I'm seeing a lot of people in general who are trying to lose weight. So, you know, one thing that I learned years and years ago when I went to a personal trainer was about metabolism, metabolism and you know metabolic influence on the digestive system and what i did not realize is that our metabolism is actually what helps us to maintain the consistency and the regularity of of going to the bathroom and getting rid of waste from our bodies now um another thing that a lot of people i didn't realize knew including myself including myself is that Eating actually will help you, one, to establish a healthy uh, metabolic rate in your body. And once that metabolism increases, and what we're talking about, you all, is a condition that the body maintains, uses to maintain itself. It's called homeostasis. And with this homeostasis, we want to make sure that our metabolism is frequently and consistently, I'm sorry, consistently helping us get rid of waste. And what that ha what happens is fat burns fat burns stomach fat fat and all kinds of those fatty areas on our body they will burn because at the rapid pace that food is is used to pull nutrients and all of those things that keep us going and fuel the body as those things are burned our metabolism will further increase and that's where you feel what people refer to as hunger pangs come from once once waste is removed from the body through a natural process, now it is going to be searching for its next thing or its next meal, its next nutrient, its next mineral. And in order for that to happen, in order for that fat to continuously burn and get down into our system, we're going to need to continually feed ourselves proper things that are going to help to continue to fuel our body. Okay, so 
he told me we're going to try to lose this belly fat, but we need to keep eating to do it. But, you know, there's a rhyme and a reason. It's really learning about stewardship over this vessel that we have. So thank you for that, Mikhail. I'm going to just throw a question out there, and I don't even have the studio audience. So, Mikhail, you're going to represent the studio audience. How often do you think the average person takes a poop? Woo! So I'm going to try to answer this as objectively as possible. I'm going to add some hope into my answer. So let's mix some hope in here. But even the hope answer is rough. I would say mm, 48 hours. So Mikhail is saying that you all are only having a bowel movement every two days. Okay. So for you all who don't know. So if I have one on Monday, I may not be having this again until possibly Wednesday, maybe Thursday morning. Possibly, possibly. Possibly, like, like it's like two and a possible. We're right? playing spades. We're playing spades with bowel movements. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all, he's starting with me, y'all. He's starting with me. Listen, so this is still from UMass. They just had so much good data. I just kind of stayed on their website a little bit. The average person is pooping once a day. Now, you may be like, oh, well, that's not too bad if the average person is pooping at least once a day. Well, for anyone who understands how you achieve an average, let me tell you how that works. (laughs) I'm I'm no mathematician, but uh, let's see how an, uh, an average works by taking the high number and the low number, and then you add them together and then you divide them by the two. So that means that there's some people who averagely are pooping three times a day. Oh, and then there's others who are pooping three or once every three days. So, Mikhail, you were close with your 48 hours, but we're going to up that to 72 hours. And listen, we're making light of this because poop is funny to talk about. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, having a bowel movement for three days is actually it's pretty dangerous. You know, there are diseases and such that are linked to the impactment of our um, of feces in our body, you know, and that's why um, getting certain, you know, Mikhail mentioned it earlier about getting certain foods into the body, but when you don't kind of take care of it on the front end, you will unfortunately end up running into a situation where you have to have that food unimpacted. And sometimes that can be quite intrusive on how they have to do that. And so anyhow, I wanted to kind of talk through that, um, talk through that average. You know, Akeem, I wanted to actually go into the anatomy and physiology of the digestive system. So let's, you know, we, we eat food. What happens to that food once it goes down through the system? We're going to talk about shaping the experience of going to the bathroom, literally. And I'm sorry, Mikhail, can you talk a little bit? I know you talk about once food goes down. Can you talk about Yep. Can we talk about this like from the mouth? Because I don't think people realize the impact of like biting and chewing salivary glands. And I can talk a little bit about that, too, if you'd like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's just do a hypothetical situation. You sit down and we're going to eat a piece of fruit. We're going to eat an apple today. We're going to take a piece of that apple. We bite it. Now, it's perfect that I, I segued with the terms anatomy and physiology, because that's actually where it starts. And, you know, your teeth, even the grooves in your teeth are used to break down things. So let's just think about the structure of how uh, the digestive system starts. Your teeth have the grooves and, you know, the texture of them because they are supposed to specifically help your body to break something down as you eat. 
So just think, and that process, it does not release just because we swallow, but we haven't even gotten to that point yet because our saliva is also a part of this process. Our saliva contains acid. Our body actually has healthy levels of, of certain acids that help us to break down foods. And even um, once the food gets down to our esophagus, our esophagus plays um, an important role in even how that is able. It's a muscle that's going to help guide and gravity. Gravity plays a part of this too. But the esophagus is going to help guide that food and direct it to where it needs to go once it gets down in the system. And once it gets down into what we know as the stomach, the stomach is not, you know, you know, in kindergarten and first grade, they kind of give you like this generalized region of your torso and they call it your stomach. Eh, you know, that's like I said, that's good for kindergarten, but we're going to get a little bit more detail because inside this region that we used to refer to as our big old stomachs, we have intestines, large and small. We've got all kinds of other organs going on in there that are going to help us get rid of this stuff and filter out the toxins like our liver, our kidneys, et cetera, et cetera. And um, once it goes through the yards and yards, because our intestines, you all, are long. And I mean, sometimes can be up to about two or 300 yards, if I'm not mistaken. But once they finally get into what is called our rectum, the waste that actually makes it into our rectum. And the reason I'm talking about shaping our experience, you all, because the rectum actually has a shape. And I would actually encourage everyone to go look at the digestive system and look at these organs that Akima and I are talking about because the rectum is shaped like a banana. And the well, reason- you didn't want them to try to look at their own? In the <laughs> that would be a little bit difficult. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, I heard we got superpowers on the 21st of December, but- I'm not sure if that's going to be one of them. <laughs> but you <laughs> see, Kima got me lunching on here talking about this stuff. Oh, he know, y'all know he just, that's straight hashtag <laughs> DMV when you say lunching. And that, you guys, for you all outside of the, of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, lunching means that we're having a good time, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, after you eat your lunch and it gets down oh, into your God. rectum. <laughs> But your rectum is shaped, it's shaped like a banana. And the reason that that's important is, now, this is going to get into the more mature part of this conversation. For those um, who aren't, this isn't a conversation that you just have at the dinner table, of course. Um, please, but when it please, comes- hold on. Don't be listening to this at the dinner table, y'all. Like, <laughs> at all, at all. But when you're, you want to get into the habit of looking at your stool when it comes out. Because you want to see a lot of people are passing blood, they're passing all kinds of fluids, um, and blood is not the only fluid that has no business having an abundance in your stool, but you want to get into the habit of looking at that stuff so that you can see. And for me, and I'll give an example for myself, I want to see the shape. I want to see the actual shape of the banana because it's not that you're trying to be nasty or be disgusting to gross yourself out, but you want to make sure that that specific stool um, came out correctly, came out correctly. And when the inner walls of the rectum are lubricated properly with the water and all those things that Kima mentioned earlier, you're going to have a pretty smooth uh, transition through that process. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mikhail, and listen, and y'all know we get sciency on here, but there's no way to heal a thing if you don't understand how a thing works. There's two things that I want to highlight and maybe add a little bit more to what Mikhail said. I want to talk about how important um, once food gets into our stomach, like while we were given teeth, while we were given the saliva to help break that food down, when food gets into your stomach, your stomach encapsulates that food with digestive enzymes. So like imagine like when you start to feel like, oh, my stomach is achy or, oh, we get constipated and I can't push it out. Well, if you are constantly throwing back large pieces of food, not slowing down. I remember, you know, when I was a child and I don't know if this was something taught at home or at school and they would tell you to chew your food 32, 33 times and you just be like, Y'all can raise your hand. I can't say y'all, but y'all raise your hand. Like who chews their food that much? But that process is going to impact your stomach's ability to create those digestive enzymes. So if you ever like eat a meal and like hours and hours and hours go by and you still feel full or we love to um, relish in the itis and it's just taking so long. Part of that exhaustion that is happening is your body working so hard to break that food down. So if it's worked so hard to break it down or if it's just kind of like, you know what, I'm just push this through. What do you think is going to happen once it's in the digestive tract? Do you really think we're going to achieve, as Mikhail said, that banana shape? Are you going to start getting those chicken nuggets? You're going to start getting that little scolds up situation. And y'all like, nah, my stuff is good. Yeah, there's pictures of this all over the internet if you want to see what is appropriate and inappropriate. But if you are not seeing that shape coming out of you, um, and we've already known, or we already talked about in a more frequent manner, then you're going to want to see what else can play into um what's impacting that. In addition, um, Mikhail talked about blood. Now, listen guys, just because you don't see red bright blood, like when you cut your hand or cut your foot or whatever, doesn't mean that that um, liquid is not in your stool. When you start seeing dark, dark stool, you're gonna wanna be mindful of that. And if you start to see dark stool at a more frequent um, occurrence, then you may be having blood. So don't just think it's not bright red when you look down that, oh, well, I'm good. I'm fine. These things aren't happening to me. Yep. These are all things. And at the various ages that you are, you want to be paying paying attention to this, I should say. And Mikhail, it's funny because I think when nothing's funny, just segue you all. It's interesting that with like older adults, we tend to do so much more as we're looking at their stool. The doctor wants to look at their stool. They want to look at this. You know, diets are more monitored. But there is like this funky stage in life where we think we're so grown and we're so independent and we so don't need to like really take care of ourselves. It's like we're children, we're babies, someone's taking care of us. And then we get to this age where it's like left up to us and we get a little careless. And then we start to try to recoup some of this so that we don't have like aches and pains and disease into our um, later parts of life. And me still being young, I just want to make appeal to other people like me that, hey, like we have an opportunity to get this together. And I think it's an easy one because this is the food that I choose to feed myself and my ability that when I go into the bathroom several times a day to look and see what's coming out of my body. Um, so, yeah. And with that, I want to also give an analogy of you all know there was a movie, some of you all may know, um, Meet the Parents. Meet the Parents, starring mm -hmm. Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. That came out in about 99, I believe. But anyway, the scene that I'm going to bring up was when, so the septic tank overflows um, at a scene in the movie. And the analogy that I'm going to draw is that our bodies work in a similar capacity 
to a septic tank system. And I want to just kind of focus in on that system word real quick, because a lot of things are tied to the function of our body. Like, I don't know if a lot of you all know, but the motherboard of a computer, not to change the subject, is designed after the functionality of our brain. So when I'm drawing ties to this stuff, I want you all to kind of just paint the picture as I go along. But when you eat and eat and eat, and there's words for that kind of stuff, it's called binge eating. Um, because, you know, we hear terms like your eyes got big, things like that, that work their way into our language. And we, you know, eating even starts at vocabulary, even the way that you even process food, think about food and talk about food. Now, once you start to binge eat and let's say that we, you know, fast food and, you know, we just we're in a pandemic and a lot of people have ordered from you know, some of your food delivery services, which means that we're probably not eating the healthiest choice. But if we continue to binge eat those things, now you have to wonder, or one must wonder at some point, <laughs> if I'm not taking regular bowel movements and I'm continuing to eat, where is the stuff going that I've already eaten in days prior? And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because now we're talking about weight gain as opposed to weight loss and the manifestation of glucose as it transitions into fat, which is what we do not want ever, especially as people of color. Now, in the same capacity that a septic tank, when something is clogging that drainage and there's something in that drainage system that just will not release, what's gonna happen? You're gonna find fecal matter you know, coincidentally, since we're talking about feces, but you're going to find this stuff in the septic tank coming up in the grounds of the yard. If you have the side of your yard, your backyard, wherever this septic tank system is located, you're going to find those things uprooting through the soil um, as opposed to going through the pipe and into the city sewage system, um, sewage system. And your body works in the same capacity. When you overeat, you are going to ultimately poop outwardly. I don't know a better word to use, but you are going to poop through your skin. Um, you're going to poop outward. You know, this is where we're, we're going to start developing fat in those those uh, areas that a lot of us are trying to go to the gym and, and lose weight, you know, on our stomach. Uh, we call them love handles, hips, thighs, etc., etc. But once we do not have that regulated uh, bowel movement and our metabolism starts to get thrown off, we're going to have to essentially poop through our skin and our bodies. So I'm gonna tell you what my takeaway is from what he just said. Um, <laughs> we eating too much. And it's interesting because a lot of times people come into my um, practice and this comes up, you know, like the, we, I'm not having enough um, bowel movements and because people will be like, well, I'm regular. And I'm like, okay, well define regular. I mean, I go every day. I mean, I go a couple times a week. I go, I go, I go. Macau's right, we eat too much because the way that our bodies were designed, you have to imagine there was a time and season in centuries past where we were having to grow all the food that we ate. If you eat meat, you were having to hunt for that food. So not only were you burning energy by doing that, but it wasn't necessarily readily available. Um, he mentioned fast food, but listen, you can overeat even the good stuff. Like you can just take in too much food and it is a lot on the digestive system, period, point blank. And so 
a, a good, I'll plug here, a good way to sometimes get those bowels movement is to do a fast, you know what I mean? Simplify the foods that are coming in, you know, bringing it down to the to the fruits and to the vegetables, getting into the juicing, into the, um, the proper smoothies. And sometimes I support juicing over smoothies just because, you know, sometimes we put too much crap in them smoothies, but you guys can, you know, come follow me at Princess of Cayman. I can give you some tidbits on that. But the, the short of it is, is that we eat too much food and I've eaten too much food. And there's been times where I've seen that. that it was funny because I was going to mention Mikhail about the skin because people always talk to me about my skin. Like, oh, Cayman, what's your, what's your regimen? And I'm like, I'm cheap. I ain't got a regimen. I, you know, a little bit, a little rinsey rinse and we kind of keep it moving. But I tell people like, that's what you eat and that's getting those toxins out because again even though your liver is your um we, we play this this function of the liver and how important it is your skin is going to jump in it's always going to try to jump in and help so you start breaking out rashes the blackheads just anything the eczema just any skin condition that you can think of i can tell you if you can get yourself not only cleaning up your diet but having more frequent bowel movements i ain't trying to sell you no swamp land in florida i bet you your skin will clear up and i put money on the table on that and just to stay right there if we could just go over the breakdown of how the body actually processes things now we've got a really horrible habit in the western hemisphere we coming out of the holiday season so let's go to thanksgiving which was just a couple of months ago now we sit down and we literally pile maybe i mean i'm going to be conservative we might pile seven items seven different items on one plate oh you um, see items i thought we were going to talk about pounds i was like what three four oh five we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to the pounds eventually okay. once those things get inside our bodies and they have nowhere to go <laughs> we're gonna get to adding on those pounds um but the reason I bring that up is because we don't think about and it's not because we do it on purpose or no one's trying to harm themselves. A lot of this is just through education, you all, which is why we have this podcast um, and why we talk about this stuff. But a lot of people don't realize that the body breaks things down one at a time. So, for instance, I'll give you all an example. If I'm eating a bowl of fruit and I have kiwi, I have pineapples and I have oranges. Ideally, I want to eat each fruit individually because that is how my body is going to recognize each thing as it goes down into my system. Now, I'm not saying that you can't blend. And I juice. I juice. Akima just brought up juice. And I mean, I juice daily. So I'm not saying that this is something that's going to have a harmful effect on your body. But just understanding how the body works, if you overload the body with more than one thing, it's going to have it's going to take longer to break things down so for instance when you're eating the fruit you eat the you eat the orange you eat the the kiwi and then you eat whatever's left because that is how the body is going to process each individual thing and administer those nutrients and minerals to different parts of the body now um i just want to talk about eating to live eating to live because akima you mentioned overeating or eating too much what is a consistent, or I wouldn't even say consistent, I don't know if that's the best word, what is, or how many times a day is considered normal, quote unquote, or, or regulated for somebody to eat? Um, I'm going to go out there, probably are, I'm, I'm not quoting any website right now, but, you know, our friends probably over the USDA, FDA, one of them probably would say, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with two snacks, some snacks, some drinks in there. 
There's some whack food pyramid that they put out there telling us that we can follow. <laughs> you mean yeah, the food pyramid isn't everything? Oh my god, <laughs> that's another that's another episode. Um, nah, it's it, yeah, probably three meals and two snacks. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what they're telling people to eat. Um, yeah. Now, um, I'll stay on that point because you're really not trying to eat, so to speak, to get full which is something that uh, a lot of people don't understand. And here's where that binge eating comes in and the, those eyes getting big. Just think about the design of society, you all. You can't drive down a major roadway in a major city where we live and you're not going to pass like 30 fast food restaurants or options to just stop and eat. And then you have smells. You've got all kinds of stuff going on in the environment that are built and designed to trigger, you know, you to stop and pull over and to go get this stuff. But you want to definitely, but you want to eat to live and eat to, to resupply yourself of the energy that you need to get from one activity to the next. If you eat to get full, you're going to find yourself always running into that threshold because now we're talking about, again, anatomy and physiology. Your stomach actually sends a signal to your brain when it's had enough. It sends a signal. There's always conversation going on in your digestive system, and it's telling your brain when to regulate and to cut off consuming in that specific sitting. And if you eat past that, then you're going to go into the space that Akima was just talking about, where your body is almost confused and it's trying to figure out what are we going to process first? How are we going to get rid of this? Where are we going to put that? And then you're going to look at those things such as acne, eczema, and literally things where your body is telling you, I need to release this in another capacity, but I'm unable to because I don't know how. Man, listen, I don't know if y'all had pen and paper tonight. And I apologize that at the opening of this here podcast, we didn't tell y'all to have some pen and paper because he threw out some nuggets. I'm going to highlight some things that he mentioned eating one item at a time. I can't even begin to tell you all how much people watch me weird when I'm like, oh, I'm about to have lunch or I'm about to have a meal, whatever. And it's not even a defined meal. When I have desire to eat, I eat because I'm listening to my body saying it needs some energy at that given time. And I'll eat a bowl of kiwi fruit. And if I'm like, "Hmm, I'm still hungry, I'll have a little bit more kiwi fruit. And it's kind of like, you know, people look at that so weird because they're so used to, what about all the food groups? And that's so unbalanced. And do you get enough protein in your diet? And like, oh, do you get enough fiber? And I'm like, uh, fruit ain't nothing but fiber, but I digress. That actually is what you do. Um, it's, it's called an elimination diet for some people. So you may think like, oh, well, that's like a, a regimented diet that we do at one given time. No, whenever it's like, oh, cut this out of your diet to get better or do this thing to get better. Why would I just do a thing to get better or just do a thing to get up to the wellness line and then stop doing the thing that helped me get better to start doing the things that didn't have me feeling good in the first place? But y'all can do with that information what you will. Eating one food at a time, and that doesn't always happen. And I'm not saying that I always eat like that, but when I want to really maintain my energy, my health, my wellness, I, Mikhail, I'm just so glad that you brought up that whole eating one item at a time. It is so, so beneficial to our health. Something that I want to kind of bust a hard left here that really plays into our digestion is the impact of stress as it relates to digestion. And y'all bear with me because sometimes I know how to say things the best way. Sometimes I go to the Internet. Um, According to the American Psychological Association, stress can also make us have pain. We get bloating. 
We can have discomfort that is affecting our bowels. It can also affect how quickly food moves through your body, which can cause things like diarrhea and constipation. So you can either have loose bowels or you're not having any bowel movement at all. It can also induce spasms in the bowels when, of course, you can start feeling pain in your digestive tract. Still from the APA related to stress, it can affect digestion. Also, it can, so what is it doing if it's impacting digestion? It is impacting what nutrients are being absorbed in your intestines. Yes, for you all who don't know, you have these little hair, hair-like um, parts in your large intestine that help to absorb the nutrients that you're eating. And unfortunately, stress can impact your body's ability to even absorb the nutrients that are coming in. Um, Gas project, um, production is related to nutrient absorption. So you can actually have an increase of gas if you're dealing with stress. There can be tightness in your intestines. Um, and that also, if your intestines are supposed to be contracting, so they are opening and closing. That's all the contraction is just kind of open and closed. If stress gets involved, it can actually cause that um, those muscles to tighten up. If you got tight muscles in your bowels, guess what's not moving through them? the feces that needs to get out of your body. Um, stress can also make intestinal barriers weak and allow gut bacteria to enter into the body. Um, this bacteria is something that will also impact what? Your immune system. So that way you can get sick. You can start dealing with inflammation in the body. And these can go, they can start off as mild symptoms and they can become things that are a little bit more chronic. Um, Stress is for real. So again, thank you to the folks over at um, the American Psychological Association. You guys who are in grad school working on those PhDs, you know that APA format. Well, they have some actually good information on their website as well, including the connection between stress and digestion, which ultimately is going to impact feces. And for you all who have forgotten, feces is bacteria. It is residue. It is fat, salts, all these things that are supposed to be coming out of your body. If something is sitting in the body and the body knows better that it's supposed to be letting it out, I would just say, what do you think is, would then be the dilemma there? The body has the potential to start doing what? Attacking itself. And I promise you guys on another episode, we'll talk a little bit about cellular development and how the body can attack itself when things are there too long. And the last quick point I'll make, uh, Akima, is that you are what you eat. I know a lot of us have heard that before, but just to give you all an idea of what that means, there is actually a condition called animal personality disorder, animal personality disorder that you can obtain from one clearly eating animals, but it's not just, you know, we're not trying to call each other savages because a lot of us are eating meat and we still, you know, it has nothing to do with how we prepare or anything like that. But more so, we don't really think about what animals go through prior to getting on our plate. And he about to go there at the end of the show, y'all. He about to I'm, go I'm just, there. I'm about, to, I'm about to pull a Dick Gregory on you all because he used to talk about this a lot when he was here. Um, animals are stress. And the came just brought up that stress, which is why in this last quick point, just think of what an animal goes through when they are literally taken from their natural environment and they are forced into what is known as a domesticated environment. Animals are not domestic. They aren't born domesticated or anything like that. So when you force an animal into this, this condition, its entire personality has to shift in order for it to survive. That's gonna go and affect the way it eats, the way it processes its environment, what's going on around it. 
and even the way that it is able to reproduce itself. And so you're going to find shifts in the animal's personality that are going to end up on our plates and in the blood because we're, we're talking about the transfer of energy. We're really talking about the transfer of energy and not to get all science and biology, but we're talking about like ATP, you know, things of that nature and how energy transfers from the sun to another organism and it ends up with us and vice versa and all those kind of things because we're all living in this massive universe and uni means one. So this is how all these things happen. But once you take on the stress of an animal, one, we are more than likely unaware what we're eating and what that animal went through. And two, once we start to see and absorb these personality disorders and our bodies take on these disorders, we're not really sure where they come from. So you guys just want to be really, really mindful of no matter what you eat. I'm not just attacking people who eat meat or anything like that, because this covers everything. This covers everything. You can eat rotten fruit and make yourself sick. So that's why I don't want to just sit up there and make it seem like it's meat eaters. Um, but you just want to be um, acutely aware of every single thing that you put into your body. Hey, listen, on that note, I, I'm not going to add anything because Mikhail does. That was mic drop with that uh, with that animal piece. And I promise y'all we'll talk a little bit more. And I, I'm going to throw it out there. I think we'll do an unsung hero uh, episode on uh, Mr. Dick Gregory. I think that would be super appropriate. Listen. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Listen to another episode of HBCU where we are healing brown communities unconditionally. And I tell y'all with 2021 starting the way it started, we're going to be focusing more and more on our brown communities and healing in all the ways. So we're going to start pooping. We're going to start pooping more. Put that at the top of your vision board for this year. And on that note, this is Akima. And this is Mikhail Alain. Peace and love. Variety at Babel, nine lives inside of me.